thank you, Sensei Mario, for being on my show yet again. I think this is the third round. So I'm not going to go too much into kind of what you do. Maybe just give us a recap of what you do before we, we head into the, the subject at hand. All right. So um, I'm a karate instructor. I've been a karate instructor for the past uh, 30 years, 29 and a half years, 30 years. And that's it. I teach karate. I teach children karate. I teach adults karate. And I've, I've been doing the same thing since I was 20. That's about it. And then I have lots of hobbies. <laughs> hobbies like uh, we were talking about before i've added hobbies now during covid which was financially not a great thing but they well, when you get to my me. level which is your hobby is having hobbies <laughs> yeah. then 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 we can talk right now you're still just you're a beginner <laughs> so and then I, I i got that down to even um like the most basic form of it is I choose hobbies so that I can spend money. I never choose cheap hobbies. I never, so I think the hobby actually is spending money. Uh, is there such a thing as a cheap hobby though? Cause mine There's cheaper not... hobbies. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely cheaper hobbies. <laughs> I, I seem to have chosen the ones that are a little bit... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the better you become at the hobby, the more it's like a full circle. You when you start the hobby, you like buy really expensive stuff, and you want to do it. As you get better at it, you mm. realize you don't need all that stuff, and then it, uh, you can actually. I don't know. It's weird. Very often, my older hobbies, I, I do them without yeah. equipment now and stuff. Where before it was all about the equipment and um, stuff. So I don't know. I guess your hobbies evolve with you. But I think it's also, I don't know if it's the South African condition, but people like to go in right from the word go and get like top of the range equipment yes. instead of seeing whether it's something they're going to stick with. And I saw that when we and that's bought... That's why Gumtree is doing so well. <laughs> yeah. When we bought bicycles, we just bought like 3,000 Rand specials from Sportsman's Warehouse. And another friend of mine also started cycling at that stage, and they went for about a 15,000 Rand bike. And none of us cycle anymore. But um, I'm less out of pocket than, than he is. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. Anyway, right. So I have been asked by a couple of people to speak about bouncing back. We've obviously been through a very traumatic 12 months. And while we've kind of heard various success stories, uh, the fact is that most of us have faced very, very tough times in the last year. And perhaps I'm only speaking for myself, but it's almost, and this is why I thought to speak to you, it feels like I've been in some sort of, mixed martial arts cage fight and I've been crumpled and left in some sort of mess on the floor but you know life goes on you have to get up and you have to fight another round so there's quite a lot of stuff that business can actually learn from martial arts in terms of finding resilience in hard times and patience in the wake of injury and um, that's why I thought it might be good to chat to you about lessons that maybe martial arts can teach us um, in in business and in life. So one of the questions that somebody asked me was, how can we start mentally dealing with the fact that most of us have taken such a beating in the last year? Because obviously a lot of the, the issues have, it, I mean, it's financial and it's physical, people have lost jobs and so on. But if your mental state is strong, you can kind of weather the storm. How can we start mentally dealing with what's happened? So just from the experience that we've had at the dojo, dealing with obviously a, a huge variation of ages from five years old right through to adults. 
and, and watching how they've dealt with it. And we found, I mean, the biggest problem definitely has been with teenagers, teenage boys, especially we've seen the real, real struggle. And it's a mental struggle. So everybody's struggling mentally, even if they don't want to admit it. I still think there's a huge amount of people who feel that if they have some sort of mental um, difficulties that they weep. I've actually ironically found the opposite. I found that uh, the people who struggle the most, the people who are struggling with anxiety, the people are, who are struggling um, with depression are people who are extremely strong. And because COVID has taken away their control, the fact that they are so used to controlling and being in control, they are the ones that have, 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 have really, really struggled. So yeah, uh, I, I guess being a karate instructor to a certain degree, uh, you're a psychologist as well. Or at least you hear a lot of things. Maybe yeah. you don't. Um, and, 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 and you notice things. Mm. And it has been uh, very sad um, seeing some of the students, how this has affected them. Mm. And um, so we came up with some ideas and I wanted to come up with concrete ideas. I wanted to come up with things that, that people can do that can make them feel better. And it's not difficult. It's, it's just simple things. I really went and thought about it and I thought, you know, why are these kids struggling? Why are these people struggling so much? What are they doing? So we found that a lot of people are, are stuck inside. Kids are not coming out of their rooms for days on end. Uh, some kids have not seen outside during lockdown for up to four months. So we started looking at this and saying, what can we do to advise these children, these teenagers, these even adults. We came up with some silly ideas, I guess, but they, they seem to work for me. One was get some sunlight and the importance of just being outside yeah. and, and actually having sun on, on you. You can't believe when lost some of the kids have been outside. So because the kids have um, no longer have um, school sports where they did get this a lot mm. without thinking about it, they're now in their rooms playing games for 14 hours at a time. They are literally vitamin D deficit uh, yeah, mean, it, yeah. and it must have an effect on your mood. I was in London, I lived in London for four months and I didn't see the sun and, and it had an effect on my mood, on, yeah. on how I felt. So I know it's, it, it's so simple. So we, we advise people to get outside mm. at least 15 or 20 minutes a day and, and just try and get out. Going with that is, is exercise. So again, people are saying, I don't want to go to gym and I don't want to be around other people for obvious reasons, but exercise is vitally important for feeling good. Obviously, we understand the endorphin part of it, yeah. but it, it goes further than that. The endorphins are, are, are temporary. It's, it's, it's having some sort of purpose, mm. you know, to wake up and, and, and to, to look after yourself. It's a purpose, you know, and, and, and so sunlight, some sunlight, some exercise, which usually we say do to together you know you can kill two birds with one stone so to speak the other thing that we found that especially with the teenagers is they are not having interpersonal relationships anymore mm. uh, or, or conversations if you ask them are you speaking with your friends they say yes they're speaking with their friends if you push a little bit further it is online it is via whatsapp they have no human contact anymore human beings are social beings and 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 and, and we've seen that that part has has had a huge effect on the well-being, the mental well-being. So some of these kids have not seen another person for months. They've lost social cues. They can no longer read body language. They can no longer hear sarcasm. They, they've lost all this information, which we take for granted. They no longer have. They can't speak on a, 
it's, it's, it's very scary to see mm. how they cannot communicate. Now, you put all those three together, being late. Lazy is the wrong word. Doing nothing. Not going outside. Not speaking to anybody and stuff like that. And what else can happen but some sort of depression, some sort of anxiety? Mm. Now we have the anxiety of COVID again um, with the second wave and stuff. And I think it's actually hit home a little bit. Mm. I think it's because we've had like deaths in the family. It, it seems to be a lot closer to home the second time around. And from the studies, you know, now we've got the vaccine and that kind of thing. But everyone's worried about the third wave that's coming. It's, so it's going to be well, with this the variant. And, 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 and I think it was, and this is, I think, the next having some sort of purpose, having some sort of goal. So for me personally, that hit me quite hard. So last year I had invested a huge amount of time and money into one goal. And when COVID took that goal away, it really put me in a funk because of the investment. Not really the financial investment, but the, the physical investment, the, the mental investment that I put into this goal. And so now I feel like it's a waste for me to put that investment in again for another goal. I don't want to. Firstly, financially, it's no longer possible. And secondly, mentally, I don't want to commit to anything because just in case, and that is a mistake. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I feel that not having a purpose, not having some sort of goal, even if it's a small goal, there are things that you can, maybe it's not the goal you want because COVID has taken that, that opportunity away, but there are things that are available that you can change. So I think what the goal is, is, is not important. I think what is important is choosing something. And working towards it and, and having it as something to look forward to. And uh, there are things that you can do that, that maybe COVID will not influence too much. But yes, it's, it's as I said, it hit me really, really hard. Um, and um, I feel like to a certain degree, I'm stuck in this void. Mm. And I live for today. I'm happy I get through today. Um, but tomorrow, it's a waste for you to make any plans right now because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going. Yeah. And that, to me, has a huge effect on your well-being. Yeah. Uh, I've found as well, uh, you know, you used to plan, you know, you would go to a music show and you'd go to the theater and you would plan to go away on holiday. And you kind of have these little highlights throughout the year that you look forward to. And that's all been taken away. So you there's not really anything to look forward to. And you have to bring your realm a little closer to your immediate, you know, it needs to be a bit more immediate because you can't plan something for six months because you don't know if there's going to be another lockdown. And the devastation almost at this stage it is kind of devastating if you have to cancel plans or um, that you've been looking forward to. One thing I must say that with me, the way that all the days kind of merged into just one seamless, continuous thing. And I I read, or actually I watched a video the other day about um, time and our perception. And, you know, people say that as you get older, your life starts to speed up. It's almost and this guy said it's because when you're younger, your your world is full of novel experiences. And so when you look back on that time, there's a lot to remember. Whereas when you get older, you are exposed to less novelty and your time seems to go quicker because when you look back on it in hindsight, there's nothing much filling up your time. And uh, last year seemed to take forever, but looking back... It was. It went really quickly because nothing happened, and I went through a, a dip now, kind of November December, where I was getting out of bed at like nine, half past nine. I'd take a nap during the rest of the day because 
there was nothing to do and I just couldn't get myself going. Whereas I came back in January, I've done a couple of online courses and it's kind of pushed me back into having a reason to get up and it's refocused my mind and that kind of thing. And even though, you know, we're still kind of in this limbo period, having a reason to get up in the morning is something that's just so important and that's i do suffer from depression and you know it's as someone with a mental health issue having that reason to get up in the morning is just so important i think yeah you know a goal it doesn't have to be this huge thing you know when we talk about purpose and i think maybe in the first podcast that we spoke about we might have spoken about purpose versus passion i think yes yeah something like that um but if you have some sort of purpose i think it's about perception it's about perceiving now if your only focus is yourself and you're only concentrating on your you don't see the world around you uh, there is no awareness, there's no sensitivity of what is going on around you. Now, awareness is the ability to notice what's going on, but sensitivity is to feel it, to feel that the person you're with is struggling or the person you're with is in a bad mood. Um, sometimes I can see it and that would be awareness, yeah. all right? Sometimes I just get a feeling and that's sensitivity. Sensitivity might have like this negative connotation, especially for men, that you have to be a sensitive person. Sensitivity is not. Sensitivity is a superpower. We develop sensitivity as martial artists. We know that if we can develop sensitivity and be extremely sensitive to the other person's movement, to the other person's actions, we can react very quickly and, and therefore dominate if, it's, if, if we need to. And it's through sensitivity that we can do that. But if we're only focusing on ourselves when we're fighting, when we're, uh, or when we're training and stuff like that, all we're thinking about is what am I going to do next? You miss out on so many opportunities. So what's happening, I think, is, is people have lost the ability to notice what's going on around them, to be aware that other people are struggling as well and to be sensitive to feel it and because they're so obsessed with themselves and now I'll, I'll just repeat what I said to you earlier was because you're so obsessed with yourself and you think that COVID has literally attacked you not not the whole world but just you you can't put anything in perspective because you're comparing yourself with what you had whereas if you stop looking outward and noticing that this person is also struggling, you have a better understanding of your problems because other people are going through it as well. So there's this compassion. And you start understanding that if I worry, you are struggling so much more than I am. I thought I was struggling. But after speaking to you and, and conversing and, and noticing, and if I am able to somehow help you, that would be one of the greatest therapies for me, not for you. So... You get two kinds of people, people who always want to be helped and two people who always want to help. And and the, the scary part is that the people who want help very seldom take the help or, or very seldom take the advice. That's weird. And the people who want to help are often the people who need the help. Does that make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's, 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 it's with those things that I'm, I was talking about was there is no ways of putting this in perspective if you keep thinking about yourself. It's impossible. So even if for purely selfish reasons, you concentrate on others. Yeah. In the end, you're the one that who, who's going to benefit mm-hmm. because you are going to say, well, I'm definitely not the worst off. I'm definitely okay. And then I think 
having realistic goals during this time. You know, if you're trying to soar during this time, if you're trying to hit huge profits during this time, and, and now your, your company is not as profitable as it was two years ago, and you think that now you're a failure, your goals are not realistic. Right now, in my opinion, the main goal should be survival. And if you survive, it's a win. It's a huge win. We will have time to rebuild, but this is not the time now to rebuild. Now we must focus on survival. Survive, get through this, have something to save. It's no good losing what you have and then you can't save it. It's yeah. impossible. And trying to come back. Put your energy into survival and accept that maybe your profits will not be where they were or you'll be in a deficit or you whatever. But at least you'll have something to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's the reality right now. And it doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah. It means, I think... If you saved your business during this time, freaking lucky and, or not lucky, you've worked hard. Yeah. You know, you've, you've spent time saving mm. instead of, um, instead of, instead of trying to focus on profits and stuff like that because it's not the time for it, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This kind of leads me to, um, another question that I had was, um, obviously now, if you look at the analogy that we're working on, you know, uh, a, a fight versus, um, what we're going through now in the wake of a full contact fight, we're obviously injured and we might not be functioning on all cylinders while we recover. That injury kind of forces us to slow down. So in a way, and look, I'm not trying to, sugarcoat what's happened with COVID but in a way if I look at my own business I was very focused on for example the travel industry and obviously the travel industry has kind of all for all intents purposes a lot of people have closed down um, and it's forced me to, into other injuries uh, into other <laughs> ind industries well some of them have been like yeah, I'll injuries I'll just, I was just going to say the nice um, Freudian slip there um, but yeah I mean Focusing on our aspects of performers that we might neglect because we default to what we usually feel comfortable with. And this kind of COVID is, has, has allowed us to... Well, your analogy is spot on. If I get, if, if someone kicks my right arm and breaks my right arm during a fight, I have two choices. I can give up or I can start using my left arm. Now, if I've trained with my left arm and I have some sort of skill with my left arm, I'll be okay. But if I hadn't trained with my left arm, I'll have to learn how to use it. Yeah, yeah. And I might find that there are benefits of having left hand hook compared to a right hand hook. I, I'm just... Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but because I've never needed it before, I will never know what I have. And so exactly that. I mean, the analogy is perfect. You brought it up. Um, the, the fighting analogy is perfect like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, being injured in one area will have to mean you have to make it up somewhere else or give up. Yeah. So you have the two choices. You can give up, go get better and then come fight again. All right. That's a possibility. Yeah. Reality is if that's a street fight, you don't have that option. Mm. And this is the same thing. Reality is a, re uh, is a street fight. It's not a little fight in a, in a, in a ring where there will be a referee looking after you and you can make choices. Yeah. There are no choices. If you don't do this now, there you are going to get hurt. Your business is going to get hurt, etc., etc. I've seen people 
shine during this time. Just work harder than ever before. Try different things. I'm not a um, person who hustles. I like to do my work. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I don't like sh- quick money and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I just want to do my work and, and do it properly. And I don't hustle for anything. And ironically, I think the people who have the ability to hustle made it through COVID better. They were fluid like they were able to go around the obstacles yeah they were around, uh, they were going well i can sell this now i can't do this but then and they they have this ability to hustle now hustles never generally a long-term strategy and i never felt that it was even necessary i always look to a certain degree look down on us people who hustle i thought they are um scatterbrains that that, <laughs> that don't focus you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. during this time i've seen the value of the ability to hustle i mean I, I've been in this river that's been going straight and nice and flowing well for 30 years. Yeah. I've never had obstacles that I really need to go around or change. Now I've had to rethink my situation mm. and I'll go, well, maybe, maybe because COVID hopefully in the big scheme of things is going to be a short challenge. So over 80 years of a lifespan, it will be a two or three or four years. If, uh, you know, we don't know, but, but it's still a, sh- a relatively short period. Yeah. Within a lifespan, we will have the opportunity to go back to what was somewhat normal. And I hope to a certain degree we won't go back to everything that was... Because we weren't doing that well before. No, no. Not as humanity. Not as... Not as... (laughs) um, uh, I mean, to be very honest, it's not like we were shining before COVID. Yeah. You know, there were, there were problems. Yeah. And, 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 and we need to, as a, as a race, change a lot of stuff. People keep asking me about bouncing back. Can you speak to somebody about bouncing back? But I don't know. Bouncing back means you're going back to the way things, surely we should be looking to bounce forward. You know, <laughs> and, and bounce sounds like it's an instant thing. Um, you know, I will do this, this and this and this, and then tomorrow I'll be fine. I'll be bounced back. I think you should crawl back. You know, um, you should crawl back. You should, quoting from a, a movie um, on any given Sunday, is fight for inches. You are literally fighting for inches. And the fact is that you want everything today or you want to feel better today is not going to happen. So I don't think bouncing back is the right word because it has this analogy that it's instant. I think you should claw back. Don't be scared to crawl. Don't. I, I think we've said this before. In my opinion, the secret of life is to keep moving, preferably forward. You know, how fast will be determined on so many factors. The fact is, if we stop moving, and like, again, I'll, I'll, I'll quote um, someone, Bear Grylls used to say that, is if you find yourself in the middle of hell, keep going. Yeah. And I just think, be realistic. So don't be so hard on yourself, man. Everybody's struggling. It's a unique situation. Yeah. There's opportunities to to learn from this instead of being so upset about everything. Why don't you take some time to learn from this, you know, and say, I'm living through a pandemic. What an experience. You know, most of my life I've done nothing. <laughs> now I'm living through something that is exciting that is dangerous, it's scary, but there must be lessons. Mm. There must be lessons there if you have the right attitude. Plus, one day you'll be able to tell your grandkids about this. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something, think about it. Think about your grandparents. They told you about the war. 
They told you about um, their difficulties. Yeah. How they didn't. They never told you about the good times. They always told you about the difficulties mm. because it's where they grew. And 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 one of the major things. I, I might be. You you'll have to edit what I've repeated. <laughs> I just only have a very limited amount of knowledge, in there, so I'm sure I'm repeating most of it. But the danger of comfort. People just don't understand how dangerous it is to be comfortable all the time. And this obsession with humanity to buy comfort. You work, you make money, and you buy comfort. That's all we want to do. Now, comfort can cost, so you work more to buy the more comfortable stuff. And that's all we're doing. Mm. And there's no growth in comfort. You're not moving forward. That's when you are sitting on the couch and doing nothing. That is when there is no growth and movement in your life. You, you find the people saying, but I've got money, I've got all the com- creature comforts, but I'm not happy. Why? Because happiness is not the goal or shouldn't be the goal. It should be being content. And being content means that you have purpose. And if you have purpose, you feel content. And struggling helps us get there. So why bounce back too soon when you could be learning the most important lessons of your life right now? So this obsession of getting... What what do you want to bounce back to, by the way? Or bounce forward to? Yeah, yeah, Comfort? Yeah. Yeah. Peace of mind? Why? Why do you want comfort and why do you want peace of mind? You're not going anywhere. And besides, it's only temporary anyway. There are times when we need comfort. There are times when we need peace of mind and stuff. But the, the reality with 7 billion people on this earth is that those are going to be few and far between. So when there's failure, when there's struggle, see it as this huge opportunity for growth, I think. you know, It's easier said than done. Please don't give me... It, 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 Sometimes I think I sound like I've got it all together. <laughs> and, 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 and I really don't. Yeah. I really struggle with this stuff. You know, it's, 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 it's constantly this stuff. For me, like I said, having no goal, like at the dojo in February, for 29 years, I've made a calendar that tells you, you probably remember the I calendar. I remember, yeah, 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 yeah. 29 years, I make a calendar of what is going to happen this year in karate. Nothing. I've not brought out a calendar. All the students are in this limbo state of mm. coming to the dojo training. My job is to motivate them. Very difficult motivating people when you're not motivated. I can't go to Japan this year. I was meant to see my instructors last year. That was cancelled. So now I'm going, all right, we'll just survive. Now, this problem with surviving, like I said, which is... Probably the right thing to do now is you tend to forget about other people's, um, uh, that they would like to see that you've got it together and that as a person who, if you're in a leadership role, very important to at least look like you know what you're doing. Although I, I think there's, there's value in being honest as well. I was going to say, you know, people look to leadership to kind of, you have to steady the boat and you have to show people that everything's going to be okay. But leaders at this stage are in the same position as everyone else. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. So don't sugarcoat reality. Like, things are hard. So don't, you know, lie and tell people. You have I think to be people can see very quickly that you are, um, you're not telling the truth. Mm. So struggling, I really don't think it's... The, the, all these negative connotations on words like failure, words mm. like struggling, words like um, comfort, mm. or uh, where we think comfort is success and we think struggling is failure, and that failure is bad and um, what's the opposite of failure? Success. <laughs> success. <laughs> well, we've obviously sorry, failed, I forgot failed, that. Failed quite a lot if we can't uh, remember what success is. <laughs> well, success <laughs> is not necessarily positive. 
just because you've reached your goal or your dream yeah. doesn't mean things are going that's what you really want there's a what's that saying be careful what you wish for yeah, yeah. you know yeah well, I just think this too shall end a few years ago we were all smiling mm. everyone was doing well it ended but so will this and if you can just believe it and that comes to my next thing we were talking about sunshine about exercise about personal things the other thing i was trying to say was do something that makes you smile and the premise is very simple in my head depression and laughing or smiling are two ends of the of a scale all right if i want to bring it to the middle I need to do more of this, which makes me smile. Hopefully, it will pull me out of the funk. As simple as that. So, so do, finding something that makes you smile. Now, for me, it seems to be every time I put my helmet on. If I'm going to ride bicycle or motorbike or whatever it may be. It, uh, so, I call it smiling in my helmet. Yeah. For me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? And, and because I catch myself doing something and I've got this biggest grin on my face. No one else knows it because I'm in, alone and... When last year, when, when we weren't able to do a lot of this and I was struggling a bit, I, I would say, you need to do more of this. Mm. I need to capture this feeling to get out of that feeling. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yes. So instead of doing it once a month, do it once a week mm. and hopefully it will pull you a little bit out. Yeah. So just doing something that makes you smile, not something that you love or you think you love. Or, mm. Something that makes you smile. Finding it maybe might not be easy, but I think if you can, if you do know what makes you smile and you can do it more often, at least it's another step. And once again, well-being is not going, you're not going to bounce back. You're going to mm. claw back. Just don't stop clawing. Mm. That's, that's the only thing. Don't give up. Yeah. Because it's so easy to give up. It's so easy just to stop. And then, unfortunately, it's very difficult to get going because you have no momentum. No. Earlier, we were talking about caring more or being sensitive to others is a way to increase your own self-care. But where does that balance fall? Because the news is all about COVID and everyone dying. Businesses are closing down. All your friends are being retrenched. You know, you're surrounded by uh, all this stuff that is... And, you know, we were talking... You've, you've just mentioned about labels. Not everything is necessarily positive or negative. But you're surrounded by all this stuff that is quite draining and if you keep giving of yourself all the time where does the where does that line come right. well there's two two questions there or two different things that i hear yeah, yeah yeah first one is and and maybe people will not agree with me but um not knowing is quite refreshing especially when the source of your knowledge is questionable so the news facebook etc etc if the source of your knowledge is questionable and then you're basing your how you feel about yourself and how you feel about life based on that information. You need to say, right, what do I need to do? Do I need to be informed and be unhappy? Or do I rather need to say, well, the information that's coming out is probably not true or it's going to be changed in the next month. Is it necessary for me to have all this information? And is it doing me any good? Now, most people will say, yes, you need to be informed. You need to know what's going on. It's part of awareness. But at the same time, when that information is destroying you every single day, is it worth it? Because the information you get is, once again, we come back to this word perspective, all right? The information is not given to us with perspective. And it's our job to take that information and put it in perspective. But that's effort. And most of us don't want to take the statistics of COVID 
go and compare them to all the different countries and put it in perspective of what chance there is of getting it. It's effort to do that every day. So what you do, you just take it as face value and it affects you mentally. So probably October last year, I stopped looking at the news. I stopped uh, all uh, social media that had information that was questionable. If there was something I wanted to know, I would then search for it, get the inf- but I would not be given the information without my consent. Does that make yes. any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how that changed everything. Yes, I'm living in my little bubble, but I did not need to know everything. And knowing everything is part of our problem. So the problem is, is if it's not in perspective and we start living in our heads and, um, so I think it's Seneca or Marcus Aurelius, one of, one of the Stoics said that we suffer more in our head than we do in reality. And, and that's really resonated with me is that I was worrying about things that probably wouldn't happen. The amount of mental effort I was putting into things that probably would not materialize was ridiculous. And even if they materialized, I was able to deal with them in a much better way than I'd imagined I would. Because when you're in the city, when you're in a fire, you find water. You don't, uh, stupid analogy, but, 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 um, it's, how much of our life are spent worrying about things that we have no control over or that we anticipate might happen? So for me, I'm a practical person. So the news is making me unhappy. Get rid of the news. Done. Uh, I'm still here. I'm ignorant as hell. All right. And... um Ignorance is blessed to a certain degree. Now, there's areas where you can't be ignorant. You need to know people are dying. You need to know you be. But do believe that there is voluntary access to information and being bombarded by information that you did not give permission to to receive and that is the difference so that was the one question uh, one thing i heard over there. yeah my answer there's a problem get rid of the problem try it yeah. try it for a week and all of a sudden not everyone's dying around you because remember before the internet before cell phones, before Facebook, people were dying all the time. We just never heard about it. Did kids never die on bicycles without helmets in my generation? <laughs> I mean, why do we have to wear helmets now? But when I grew up, there was, and I never heard of any child knocking the head. The fact is, there were kids that you just didn't hear. So you lived your life ignorant. Not knowing is not that bad. There is a peace in it. And as long as you're not hurting people by not knowing. So I don't know anything about COVID and I, See, I've got all the symptoms and now I go to my mother-in-law's house and I infect her. That is where ignorance has an effect on other people. However, there is this fine line between knowing too much. Then the second part of the question was, how much should you give of yourself? And that's a very, very interesting question. And I don't know how to answer it. Because (laughs) if you asked me this two years ago or a year ago, I would have said you never stop giving. You just give, 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 give. Then I realized that sometimes you give for selfish reasons. You're giving not because you want to make a difference in other people's lives, but you're giving because it makes you feel good. And that intention has a ripple effect and it, it comes back to you. It's also extremely draining trying to help others that don't necessarily want it. So I've got to the stage now, and this is purely personal, when I was younger, I would volunteer my advice as if I was some sort of, um, uh, you know, I would give you advice left, right, and center, and then, and, and yeah. e- e- even if you didn't ask for it, uh, <laughs> you'd, you'd get my advice, you know, like parenting. I was a phenomenal parent before I became one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> now I give no advice on parenting. <laughs> so I've made a, a, a decision, and, and it was for my own mental health as well. I will help anybody that asks, and I will give everything I can to assist that person mm-hmm. if they ask or if, if I see that they really are struggling with something. I will not volunteer my help as easily as I used to. Maybe it's wrong. It goes against a lot of my principle, uh, but I found that that um, the more you help somebody, the more they expect it, and when you no longer can help them because your circumstances has changed, mm-hmm. you're no longer useful to them. And if you're no longer used to to them they move on so I found the hard way that the people I've helped the most when I went through struggles and couldn't give them the attention because the help is another word for attention and and, and don't get me wrong there are people that you can make a huge uh, we've been lucky in our job to be able to make a difference but at the same time we've also enabled a hell of a lot of people or given people excuses to act badly and um, so this is life you want you have the best intentions and What's it? There's a lovely saying. Um, you make plans and God laughs. I think well, that, uh, I, I don't know. Yes, I'm not sure. Um, which, John, uh, John Lennon said, um, life, I think it was John Lennon that said, uh, life is what happens when you're making other plans. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch, yeah. but, um, <laughs> um, but, but the point is that A, helping others does make you feel better. Mm. From a, if we're just talking pure self issues, you know, assisting others does make you feel better about yourself. It does put things in perspective. However, sometimes you are not helping them, you are helping yourself, and that's a selfish endeavor as well. Mm-hmm. And you think that by enabling them, you're actually doing something good for them, and you're not. Yeah. If you got them to do it for themselves, it would have been better, but then you don't get the credit. Yeah. So I've been questioning my intentions of why I like helping people. And it's difficult to be honest with yourself that you might have done a lot of this stuff to make yourself feel good. You know what I mean? So so then do you stop helping so that you don't, you're not a hypocrite? I don't think so. I think there's finding the balance and finding the right intention, you know, and, 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 and the right person, you know, or, or to assist. The other part which I find interesting is having the ability to get help from them. I was going to say it's very, <laughs> very difficult to ask for help. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest things that I've struggled with. And a lot of people I know, and especially those that give a lot of help, and they will give it the last 10 rand in their bank account in the shirt of their back. But when they are sitting in a situation, they will not ask for help. That's why I said you get two kinds of people. And it's yeah. become very apparent to me. Mm that there is these two kinds of people. The funniest thing is that I can help you the most by allowing you to help me, by giving you the opportunity to do something for me because maybe I did something for you years ago. I can make all the difference. But because I've got an ego, because I don't want to control, how much is it about control Mm. that I help you but I don't allow you to help me? It's all about that. The intentions is pure control. Mm. You owe me. Don't you forget it. And I, I, I don't think that's what I've done consciously, but I don't like asking for help. Yet, if I gave the people the benefit of the doubt, because I always believe then if you help me, now you owe me. And, you know, it's, it's not yeah. a nice, it's, 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 it's been very interesting. And COVID has magnified this 
question of helping yeah, yeah. and why I'm helping and, and is my intentions as pure as I thought they were? And it's been very interesting what I've come up with. Not nice, maybe, <laughs> but uh, honesty doesn't always work. Yeah. So I'd like to redirect the way I do it. I'd mm. like to continue trying to help people with the right intention. You have to first confront yourself and be honest with yourself and admit that there was a problem or there is a problem, and then you try and fix it. And mm. I think this... It's just a different way. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing, maybe I'm just becoming old and, um, what's the word? Um, pessimistic and about <laughs> life and people in general. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe, maybe that's, that's what's happening, you know, but a pessimist is a, uh, is an optimist with experience. <laughs> Speaking about asking for help, in my experience, you have to be careful who you ask the advice from. Because, as you said, uh, I can't remember what we were speaking about, but you, you brought it up that people like giving advice. And, you know, they volunteer advice even if you don't ask for it. And what I've found, some people that have asked for help, because I am... That's one of the things that I'm working on. So you ask someone for help, and they give you this advice... And then they get cross with you because you don't necessarily follow it. I believe that advice should be giving you a framework to come up with your own solution. You shouldn't necessarily, you know, say you have this problem and your friend had the same problem. They sorted it out this way and you need to do it the same way. They don't necessarily know the exact circumstances of what you're going through. So they can give you the advice, but maybe something doesn't quite correlate in your unique situation. So you do have to be careful about how you use advice and who you're asking. And Well, advice is no difference than giving a beggar money on the street. You must give that money with the intention that what that person does with the money is none of your business because you have given it to them. If they choose to throw it away or if they choose to buy alcohol or whatever with it, that is no longer your business. You have given them something. You have given them ownership of something. Now they must make decisions for themselves. If I do it with the intention of controlling that person, here is a hundred grand, you will only buy food with this. Now there's nothing wrong with that. However, that's not the way uh, advice works and that's not a way giving works. When you give something, you give it with the best intentions and this is what we're coming down to. And you allow that person to take ownership. That advice is no longer mine. That money is no longer mine. I have no say over it. That is the way to give. You don't give with the intention of controlling the person down the line. And and that's why advice and giving money is exactly the same thing. If I give you something, I don't still own it. It's no longer mine. And and then you own it. It's yours. You can do what the hell you want can give it to somebody else. I can't be upset with how you use what I gave you. It's ridiculous, but it's so uh, common. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it really uh, is. I mean, it's common to yeah. <laughs> so, so then you have two choices. Don't give, because then you just get upset that they're using it for drugs. Or give, hand it over, move on. Mm. You've done what you needed to do. You got you got something from it. Don't think you never got something out of giving it to the person. Why do you still want to continue getting more and more and more? Yeah. Put it on Facebook and make sure you've filmed it yeah, and stuff like that. You know, you already got something out of it. Yeah, trust people, me, you got more out of it than the person's hundred rand that they you gave. Uh, people like to, I think, hold that over. They want to be the the the, the problem solver or be seen as the. The solution, like I help that person solve the problem or whatever the story is. Um, it's and it comes back to are they doing it for the right reason? So I think um, you know. Also, there's times where things are going well with you and you have the energy to give to others, and then there are times where you have to really focus on yourself 
so that in the future you can give to others. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what I was saying earlier was you can help someone for a long period of time. And if they then cannot see that this period right now is not good for you, mm. you don't have the correct energy, you don't have the correct motivation to help them right now, yeah. they must be able to accept that that's not going to last forever, that you will help when you can. But right now you're focusing on yourself. And if that person is worth their salt as a friend or, or, or worth anything as a student or a friend or whatever, they will hopefully have the sensitivity and the awareness to notice that this is not a good time to ask for advice or to get advice right now mm. and not take it personally, mm. not take it like, well, I'm not getting attention. So I think I always say it's much more difficult teaching adults than it is teaching children because in the end, what I do is, is, is give attention. I share attention amongst people. And children are used to the fact that there's other children in their class and that we have to share attention. Adults, however, don't like to share attention. Mm. So if you look like you're giving more attention to somebody else or, or not giving them enough, they take it very personally. Yeah. And I think it's very difficult. Um, so yes, coming back to your question, I would say if you have the energy and you can help somebody and they need it and they ask for it, I would continue helping. Mm. If only for my own personal yeah. growth. You know what I mean? Five quick questions to end off. Have you developed... A specific habit in the last 12 months that has helped you? No, I've developed several habits that has not <laughs> been beneficial. No. So, um, yes, actually, I walk my dog every single day. Uh, I find huge value in walking, not running. No, no, it's not, doesn't form part of my exercise regime. I have this saying that um, you run for your heart, but you walk for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yes, I'd say I, I, I've, I, that would be the best habit I've developed is walking every day and talking to my dog. <laughs> um, he listens. Uh, yeah. You he, can give all the advice to the dog. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, but a lot of bad habits. So um, I'd like to start working towards getting back into a routine where my bad habits are limited. If all the books in the world suddenly spontaneously combusted except for one, which one would it be and why? I mean, if I'm honest, I, I, I probably want to keep the Bible. Yeah. You know, for me, it still has huge value and huge um, benefits. So, so you know, if I'm really honest and there was one book that I would like to keep, that's that's the book I would I would keep. Awesome. Can you describe your creative process? Maybe this is not such a short question. Uh, well, you should have learned by now. That, that the last time you asked me five quick questions, I think it took off. The, the, how so, do I? Yeah, you know, ah, like how right. do you come up with new ideas? Um, that's a and, whole and, podcast on its own. <laughs> it's brilliant. My 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 process is phenomenal. I love it. So. Um, <laughs> I plant a seed and if it has interest, I water that seed and that seed just grows and I just, I have no problem failing mm-hmm. and um, trying, yeah, so it's, it's literally starts from a seed. I use this analogy, but it's the way I do it in yeah. my head. I literally start thinking about something and the possibility of it. And then as I goes to the next stage of, well, this is worth watering. This is worth nurturing because I think there's something there, but I can't imagine how to do it. It's, it's, it's just a seed. It looks nothing like it. Yeah. But there's something that, that, that I start watering and starts developing. So never do I come up with any creative thing by itself. It's always an idea. The difficulty is getting the idea to fruition, but I have worked out a way to to actually get it. My difficulty is finishing. I like the process more than 
the final product. Mm. <laughs> you know, I very often um, am, have moved on. Yeah. By the time I'm, I'm finishing off a project, I've already moved on and much more excited about what's coming. Yeah. So my I have to work very much very much harder on, on um, the finishing. You know, this is on life. This is general stuff. In karate, it's everything. I, I guess I've got ADD to a certain degree because <laughs> the idea is more important than... The idea is important and everything works on ideas. I work on idea-based teaching and then I let it flow. I do not um, plan everything perfectly. Yeah. I don't have a syllabus that is perfectly followed um, to the T because I believe there's less fluidity. Mm. So ideas are very important to me. How I water them, how I... And then very often the ideas grow during the process. Yeah. So because I'm, I'm working, I, I don't know how to explain it, but... The idea might only be the tip of the iceberg. And because I've now started teaching the idea and it's because I'm talking about the idea and I'm focusing and drawing and writing mm. about it, it evolves into a whole iceberg that I never saw. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so creativity is very... I believe I'm a great artist with no talent. So I have the <laughs> mind of an artist. I have the idea of an artist, but I need to paint with different... Um, medium mm -hmm. my creativity for instance we said you can be creative in any um endeavor that you do mm -hmm. i'm an extremely creative karate instructor this this is my strength you know where, where some karate instructors do not go left they do not go right mm -hmm. they go straight down the middle and then we've spoken about this before yeah so so my creativity where i was able to paint my mona lisa I'm being optimistic. I'm <laughs> calling my karate classes a Mona Lisa. That's <laughs> where I where I create my my masterpiece. My masterpiece, which might not be, is is in the dojo. Yeah. How I teach, how I choose to take this content and make it interesting for somebody, but more importantly, make it interesting for me. Mm. Because if it's interesting for me, it might be interesting for somebody else. Yeah. So. Always starts as a little seed, mm. and I build on it. Cool. And then, then yeah, because I can't come up with the final thing straight away. Oh no, 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 no for it's, sure, it's, it's impossible. For I me. think a lot of people, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I'm doing this course and I'm developing it into an actual um, several week long modules with different aspects. And it starts off, like you say, uh, as one thing because people think, especially because I work in a relatively creative field, and yourself, I mean, it's martial arts for, the, mm. for goodness' yeah. sake. So uh, they think that you sit down and immediately all this creativity flows, but it's it's, there's a really long process that comes up before they even see what you produce and that piece that you've produced is not necessarily even the final product because it still evolves after you've published. So and, 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 and you know when your creativity is your job it is very difficult it's difficult to get the benefits of, of being if your job is create to be creative mm. you know when your job is when something becomes your job mm. I don't care how much you love it it's, it's <laughs> It's, it's still your job. Yeah. So sometimes you need to, especially if your job's not creative, is to have a creative outlet. But because you're obsessed with failure and, 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 and doing something wrong, you don't want to try and paint. Yeah. So oh, I'm just trying to think of the Prime Minister of England during World War II. Oh, Churchill. Churchill. Yeah. yeah. He, he painted. He, I hope it's Churchill, but I think yes, it was he did paint, yeah. Yeah, he painted very badly. And uh, he built houses, uh, laid bricks. Mm. So he had this crib. He, he was a huge advocate for hobbies to get your mind off. And he came into um, power at the worst. I think Germany 
um, attacked the day after he came into power. Yeah, something, yeah. I, my history on that's not great, but I've been very interested in him mm. lately. I've been, and he's got a very interesting take on hobbies mm. and how he dealt with stress using uh, painting and building and, and his hobbies. He had all these hobbies that he had yeah, yeah. That, that, that kept him sane during, now we think COVID's bad, try and live during World War Two, you know, in England and, and, and being the leader of, you know, uh, we're okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he dealt with it and how did he deal with it? He dealt with, with hobbies, with having purpose, with doing something creative. Mm. Never underestimate the pleasure you get out of creation I think we forget that creating something brings huge pleasure now most of us don't create anything anymore you know a creative is the ability to create something yeah. to make something that wasn't there before now it doesn't matter how bad it is it still yeah. exists in this world because of you and yes if you start comparing yourself as I do with with other carpenters, you can give up so quickly because you'll never achieve that what those perfectionists, they're absolutely brilliant. Don't compare yourself to others. Do the creative process for the, the sanity of things. Yeah. And, and the it, pleasure it brings. A lot of ways creativity is failure because you fail so oh, much watch, during that process. <laughs> there is there's a very interesting show on TV, Portrait Artist of the Year, and they show how people um, go through drawing portraits, and all the best ones, they explain that they went completely wrong. They made a huge mistake, mm. and it ignited something that they hadn't seen before, and they went in a different direction, and they won the competition or whatever. Yeah, maybe. yeah. So very seldom does something truly great come from following a plan perfectly mm. and and getting it right. Because if you got it right, it wasn't that difficult, was yeah. it? You need to fail along the line to make it worthwhile, to mm. say that I did something difficult. You know, would people be climbing Everest every year if everyone made it up? The fact that 90% of the people fail or 80% of the people fail makes it something worthwhile to attend. So stop thinking of failure as uh, a negative. Failure is the best teacher. And, and yeah, just don't take it so personally, man. You know, it's just, uh, and I wish, you know, adults can't do it, but it's the children that are, are struggling with this the most. It's children who, who feel that failure is the end of the world and they're not prepared to try anything new if there's the possibility of failure. So we work very hard at the dojo failing. Teaching them how to fail, yeah. not in a horrible way, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a in a positive way, yeah. and showing them that in there. So this next question, as a writer, I'm very embarrassed because I think I did a really terrible job of phrasing it. So I'm going to read it verbatim, and then right. we'll see. If 20 year old you were living in 2021, having just gone through the last 12 months, what one piece of advice would you give your 20 year old self? Uh, does that make sense? All right. So, <laughs> so, I don't need any advice as a 20 year old. I knew everything. <laughs> okay, what, 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 okay, let's rephrase. What, what advice would your 20 year old self give you? Now at your age. <laughs> My 20-year-old self give me now. Oh, that would be interesting, eh? Um, well, he'd probably tell me that having a brand new GTI didn't um, work out as well as he had planned. Um, but <laughs> the girls didn't just come screaming. At so, um, no, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know what? For me personally, at the age of 20 was when I started getting developing confidence in myself. I just finished the army, which was a, a huge confidence build for me. Uh, it was a very good time in my life um, because school was difficult for me. School was not easy. I was very average in school. 
And um, I only started believing in myself in my early 20s. Mm. The army and from then on. So I think I think um, having that belief in myself again mm. would be nice, you know, because everything, I was so positive and, the, and then the life tends to take that out of you a little bit. Yeah, I do yeah. believe I'm still a very positive person and, and, and I am an optimist and I do believe things will be better. But you've also been um, burned so many times over the years. I'd like to have that innocence again in there. So from, yeah, as for me giving him advice, um, <laughs> I think you did okay. It's just that ego and um, mm. controlling the ego and thinking you know everything. And then also, would you have got where you are if you didn't have this self-belief, even though the self-belief was misplaced? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know if it was if it's bad advice telling them to not be so <laughs> confident and stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think, anyway, okay. that's a difficult question. Last question. Can you tell us one positive experience you've had in the last year? So in amongst all oh, the rubble. No, lots. <laughs> lots and lots and lots. I've got to train with my daughter and teach with my daughter. I've got to see the humanity of people who cared for us and, and didn't need to. What was interesting with our job was that there was some sort of loyalty that saved us. People cared for us. They did not want to stop supporting us. And that loyalty came through. People could have left the dojo and said, when you're teaching properly again, we'll see you again. Yeah. Not when you're doing Zoom classes. But there was a huge show of humanity on our side. People really, really um, helped us, you know, and they didn't need to. Yeah. So, yes, there was this renewed um, faith in humanity yeah. to a certain degree. <laughs> that would be the one thing I learned. Um, the importance of perspective and, and putting things perspective takes effort. And if you want sanity, you need to put the effort into perspective. If not, then you're going to be a slave to the information you've got. Mm. And then don't you know I mean? So I've had to spend a lot of time trying to put things in perspective, which is applying your mind and mental effort and so yeah lots lots of cool things (laughs) lots of cool things happened I mean yeah I don't know I'm not saying I enjoyed COVID we've lost such important people people we've known and it's been an absolute disaster yet um, I hope that we come out of it a little bit better than we went into let's put it that way well that's a great place to leave it and um, thank you very much for for spending the the morning with me and chatting it's been fantastic as always and yeah I really appreciate the time and the wisdom follow the business of podcast on my website megamillist.com or wherever you get your podcasts Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Megamillist. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Darcy, M-E-G-A-N-D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Chat soon.